The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know it works in giving you a boner. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting at the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. Besides from me reading this, it's made in the U.S. of A. America. And... Since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, it's cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. You can visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code ARMCHAIR. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's BlueChew, B-L-U-E, Chew.com, promo code ARMCHAIR, A-R-M-C-H-A-I-R, to try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. And we'd like to thank them for sponsoring this train wreck of a podcast. All right, everybody. Welcome to the Saints Happy Hour podcast. We are giving you a bonus Friday edition uh, to get you ready for week two of the football season. This one's free. And brought to you by MyBookie. Go to MyBookie.ag and put in $50 right now. And for the next week, if you put in $50 using the code CHAIR, Armchair Media is going to send you a check for $20. You just put in $50, screen save your confirmation, send it to us at saintshappyhour.gmail, and we We'll send you a check for $20. Go to mybookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. Because, Scott, we all want a reckless gamble on week two of the NFL season. All right. Friend of the program, Scott Prather, program director, 1420 AM ESPN in Lafayette, is joining us. He's a friend of the program. Scott, you've done like three dunk, drunk histories, right? I think so. I think well, I've I've been on the I've been on the pod uh, I think four times or five times, but I've done two drunk histories. We did the 2010 Saints. Oh my god! And we horn one, which you know I I you can put that one like in my in my obituary when I <laughs> hopefully many many years from now because that was that was a jewel. I tell you, I feel like the drunk the the Joe Horn drunk history. That we have this podcast has exploded in the last like six like six months and being on TV, WWL making the horrible decision to put me on TV has like exploded this podcast and we're now like top hundred on the Apple uh yeah. I, I try, right? which Bro? what which is just ridiculous. Third, right? I mean I listen. I I think the Joe Horn one I might dig it out Scott and just relaunch it as another episode so people can find it again. I think that episode is so good, it could, like, get us in the top 40. I might do that. Oh, yeah, dude. It's definitely evergreen. And, uh, and you know, I know that there are some listeners of your pod that maybe became Saints fans in, like, 06, and they only got, like, a year of Joe Horn. They might have gotten cheated out of him. But he's one of those guys that if you if you watch the Saints when he was there, you, you'll never forget him. And if you, if you join the wagon in 06, 
it's still a guy that I think just from an entertainment standpoint, you listen to that pod, you'll still really enjoy yourself, even if you only know him from like that first year when you became a fan. Yeah. And um and that's the thing, right? But, you know, the thing with 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 Joe Horn is oh six man, he was he he was broken. And the thing that people don't realize about Joe Horn is his his time with the Saints, his NFL career, he didn't start it till he was twenty eight. So like right. He was really old by 2006, right? And and Joe Horn was one of those people that like you don't realize how old he was because he never changed physically. He was always the same guy, right? Um, but the reason I had you on, Scott, is two reasons. One, I want to get your your thoughts about the 2019 Saints, and and uh, because we have a lot of fans in Lafayette, I look at the numbers. Lafayette is like either our second or third most listened to city that there is out there for uh for fans so we wanted to touch base with the lafayette people and we're actually going to have todd newberg on our gambling show tonight which will be amazing he's i know he you know him from uh he's a caller and a fan of your show in lafayette well the todd newberg and uh, our kids are, are apparently in school together but yeah i know him i know him from being a hardcore saints fan he was friends with my sister like way back in high school but uh <laughs> but he didn't realize that until not that long ago but you know, I know a lot of your followers uh, also follow him, and uh, when it comes to the Saints, he's hardcore. And the, the thing is, that, like you said, Lafayette, man, I mean, from having worked in the New Orleans market and being here, I mean, I'm a lifelong Saints fan, but, you know, I was born in Opelousas and growing up in Lafayette, there were there were Saints fans, no doubt. Um, but it wasn't like when I was a kid, it was cool to like the Saints. I mean, they were they were kind of good, and then they were really bad, and then you know, by the time I moved to New Orleans, that was when the Hassel era started. And so by the time I got back here, you know, it was, it all started in 06, Ralph, whenever it just ballooned into something so much bigger, because there were more sort of Saints fans that had been younger when I left. And when I came back, they were all over it. So being on this station, uh, where I worked for the last 14 years in this market, the number one draw, Hands down. I, I tell all the guys on the shows. I mean, there are a lot of things we talk about, right? UL, LSU, the Pelicans sometimes, national stories, all that stuff. But the one draw that if we talked about it year-round and wouldn't lose a single listener is the Saints. I mean, you can talk about the Saints year-round. There is a fever for it. People love it. And they are, without a doubt, the number one sports topic in this city uh, by the majority. And, no. and, and I don't for every single sports fan in this city, but I speak for the majority when I tell you the Saints are number one. I mean, I know it because, I, and look, listen, a lot of people are listening to this podcast for free. You should be a patron. We have almost 300 patrons, and 72 of them are from Lafayette or the oh, yeah. surrounding area that are like. Shout out. Go ahead. I just said shout out to them, man. That's yeah, awesome. shout out to them. And like so so we know it. We do a Saints podcast every freaking day, even in the off season, and people are like, Yes, I will pay for that. So it's Saints crazy. And one of the reasons I want to do and we're gonna talk about the Saints twenty nineteen season in a second, but you did an amazing interview with Pierre Thomas. I have not listened to the pieces yet, I but I've talked to you about it, and it is amazing. You spent like 90 minutes with him, correct? And he talked right. about his whole career, the ups and the downs. And Pierre Thomas is one of the most loved Saints players, but his career has 
you know, people know about the he's a free agent and he beat the draft pick out and they cut uh, Antonio Pittman and kept Pierre Thomas. People know about that and they know about the Super Bowl, but he had a lot of ups and downs in the middle and you talked to him about all of it. Right. Uh, so I appreciate you saying that, Ralph. So the first half aired last night and we got to just before the NFC title game. But when I say we got to it, we covered his upbringing, right? Chicago. We talked about Greg McMahon and I know Saints fans – you know, we, we gave him a hard time when the special team sucked, and now he's at LSU and he's doing a good job. But without Greg McMahon on that staff... There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. Saints never get Pierre Thomas, and Rob, without Pierre Thomas, they probably never win that Super Bowl. So Dude, there's no doubt. Pierre, oh, Greg Mc... Pierre but, Thomas's um, 2009 NFC Championship game is one of the great forgotten moments in Saints history because everything in 2009 Tracy Porter's interceptions the the madness of bounty like it all overshadowed that Pierre Thomas was magnificent to a degree that I think you could put that game in the top three greatest individual performances in Saints history I mean when you combine the yeah. statistics no, I, and I, the stakes it's up there the, the, the next part of the interview, the second part, which is going to air Tuesday at 5 on ESPN 1420, and if you're not in the area, the ESPN 1420 app, it's free. You can listen that way. But that's what we begin with, that game and how, in my opinion, it is underappreciated. But I won't give it all away, but let's just put it this way. He makes it clear that his teammates, his coaches, they didn't underappreciate that performance. And, you know, he was playing with broken ribs in that game. That gets overlooked. But he was – he was magnificent, and you know, just in, in just the part that, that aired last night, he got into this story about how before the Buffalo game, this is the Super Bowl season, right? I guess it was week four. He um, he didn't play in the first half, and then in the second half, he rushed for like 125 yards and two scores. People are like, "What's up?" So two things: one, he tells the story about getting food poisoning in Buffalo, like really bad, and earlier in the week, his dog got out of his yard and he was chasing it. And he got this like gnarly cut, like right on his MCL. Oh yeah, and it's like, but he's just being real, like, and he's he cursed a little bit and stuff. Of course, I bleep it out on the radio, but once I eventually put it online, I'll just leave the whole thing well, up on it. And that's the thing. But he, you, 
people, you can check. Scott's going to give me. Scott's given me the link. The link is in the body of this. If you're on Patreon or you're uh, on Art19 or whatever, there, you can go there and there's a link to where you can find all of it, and it's going to be magnificent. I'm. I. It's. It is my listening to my hell that is the Houston traffic. It's my. It's going to be my sanctuary next week. Hopefully, you yeah. better get it up. I need. I need it up online by then, Scott. Well, by 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 Thursday of next week, it will be up. Maybe Wednesday. I just it, it'll be up after the second part airs. But yeah, it definitely has a podcast feel to it, right? Because we just kind of start talking, and and like there was an ongoing joke that it was like the it, it, it wasn't really a joke. I was kind of hamming it up about you know how much I love them, but like we almost named our first kid Pierre. So I always said like I'm gonna get Pierre on my show one day, and I talked to other guys from the Super Bowl team and. They, I would always say, like, let me get Pierre on, let me get Pierre on. So I basically just bothered him enough till he finally agreed to it because he doesn't do very many interviews unless he's, like, appearing for some, like, Saints Hall of Fame, something like that. And um, and at first I was worried because there was a time I was interviewing – it's funny we bring him back. There was a time I was interviewing Joe Horn, and he was, like, on the golf course, and I knew, like, a minute in, like, oh, this is going to fucking suck. Like, he's not in <laughs> any attention – and when I started talking to Pierre, he was, like, dropping his car off and getting a tire fixed, and then he was catching a train in Chicago, and I was like, damn, uh, man, I've been, I've, been, I've been asking him to come on for, like, every week for over a year and record this, and it's not going it, to – but then he ends up settling in, like, four minutes into it, and then literally we talk for hour and 20 minutes about all kind of stuff. And, and, and yeah, the, the NFC title game, the Super Bowl, and then 2010 – a lot of shady stuff. Sean Payton calling him out in the in the in the media through Jake Glazer and Pierre talks about that and it's it's serious stuff. So he he keeps it real. He keeps it a hundred percent real and he gets into kind of the highest of highs and lowest of lows in the next mm-hmm. part of the podcast and how that situation cost him a lot of money and, and we know that the Saints medical staff of the past didn't have the best history. So you kinda hear a little bit of everything and you hear some behind the scenes stories that he's never said before, uh, well, and and he also told me that he's working on a book where he's gonna oh, yeah. he's gonna eventually sell the book, and there's gonna be more to it. But he's not a guy, Ralph, that he doesn't like watch football all the time or follow the Saints hardcore today. You know, he kind of he's kind of doing his own thing in life. But for him to take ninety minutes just to just to keep it real uh, was really cool. And and I basically you know I didn't make it too awkward when yeah. I told him I loved. And he was the greatest player ever. He just rolled with it. <laughs> well, depending on when you've listened to this podcast, go to the link, the interview. It's going to be awesome. And I will say one thing. One of my prouder m- moments of WWLTV.com columns was it got out. You know, you went into it. You said you just said it. You went into the stuff with Jay Glazer and they were thinking of trading him. I remember the Saints. I forget who. They, I think it was Devin McCourty. They were going to swap Pierre Thomas for Devin McCourty from New England. And my thing, I remember that Buddy D had told me when the Saints traded for Tabucky Jones, and he said, Bill Belichick is smarter than everybody else. If he doesn't want Tabucky Jones, I don't want the Saints to have Tabucky Jones. And I remember that, and I was like, if Bill Belichick wants Pierre Thomas, I don't want New England to get him. The Saints need to keep him. Like, and, and that was including my love for him, but that's just how I felt. One more teaser, and I appreciate you letting me promote the interview. Let's just say that Bill might have talked to Pierre when he was still a saint, and you could construe it as tampering. So there's a story there as well.
All right. So before that's one of the main reasons I just want people to re- I, I wanted to have you on this the podcast as extra to plug the Pierre Thomas Thomas interview because I know it's going to be awesome. But the one thing I want to talk about is how do you think Sunday is going to go with the Saints Rams your emotions for it. I'm not over it and I'm tired of the media telling me to get over it. Um it's my life. Don't tell me how to live it. If I'm if I want to be bitter about the NFC Championship game against the Rams until I'm 80, I'll do it. How do you feel about Sunday for the Saints your emotions and how the game's going to go? But how do you feel about 2019? Well, in regards to Sunday, the over it part. You know what you know what really just annoyed the, the, the shit out of me this week was Rams media asking the Rams if they were over it. Do you think the dude from Shawshank Redemption got over Andy going to jail because of him pretty quick? Like, do you think they're like, oh, well, ha- hey, man, you know, this other guy suffered because the, the system failed him, but you benefited from it. Do you feel bad about that? Like, what the what the fuck are you guys over it? Who the hell is that? And then you need to you get can't... you need to get over Boggs continually raping you in the washroom, Andy Dufresne. Right. <laughs> right. You just need to you just need to move on, man. Just get over it, dude. Like like to to say like Drew Brees. I don't know what the quote was, but I read it. He's like, you're never over it. You just have to compartmentalize how to not let it basically hold you back or keep you from moving on in the sense of like your job like but it doesn't mean like you can you've got to be able to figure out how okay I'm never going to get over it but how can I make sure it doesn't impact how I play this season how can I make sure it doesn't impact my life in a severely negative way and that's a great question because like you Ralph I mean there there were times man in the off season it would just it would it would it would cross my desk or something there was some reference to it I would just start thinking about it and it would affect my mood so I was ready for the season to start last Monday and yet, you know, you're going to be asked about it a ton. It was a story before the game. It was a story in the game when the refs fucked up again. It's going to be a story nonstop on Sunday. No. Um, so, no. so, yeah, no. I'm never going to be over watch it. It's always going to be a talking point in sports okay. because of the rule change. So, so, yeah, in regards to this game, man, I don't know. I mean, Jared Goff did not look good last Sunday. He's the 31st-rated passer right now. You know, Cam Newton ain't looking so sharp right now either. It wasn't like the Rams went out and just dominated a bad football team. Yeah, they put up 30 points, but their offense, you know, it had its moments. So I think I'm I'm not sure that the Rams are are they're certainly not in quote midseason form. For that matter, no one is technically. But what we saw in the second half on Monday from the Saints, Ralph, you saw some offensive fluidity that that looked really sharp. So look, they got the Rams minus two. Uh, it was minus three. That means on a neutral field, the Saints would be favored. So I, I picked the Saints to beat the Texans but not cover. I think the Saints are going to cover and win Sunday. Is it a homer part of me? A little bit. But of the two games coming up on the West Coast and in the Northwest, I think the Saints have a better shot of winning this one Sunday than they do when they go to Seattle a week later. Oh, I completely agree. And here's the thing. Rams might be without three starters. Brockers, Weddle, and... Um... I'm thinking. I'm. I'm drawing a blank on the third defensive guy. Oh, Clay Matthews. So they may be without three defensive starters. And I'm here to tell you, like the Saints, if they beat the Rams and Seattle wins again, then it's Saints Seattle both two and zero. And we know that Seattle 
that stadium is bedlam and loud, and the Saints have admitted, look, when we go to Seattle, we can't do what we like to do, where we formation teams to death and audible and do all that stuff because the crowd noise just doesn't allow us to do so. So I think like this game today, if they can get it, they, I mean, this game Sunday, if they can get it, they have to get it. Because uh, then you can get a chance. You win Sunday. Even if you lose in Seattle, Scott, you come home, you beat Dallas on Sunday night. Three and one is a great start to the to, to basically the hardest part of your schedule, you know? Hell yeah, dude. I mean, it's the, 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 the NFL schedule makers, let's be honest, they didn't do the Saints any favors. They screwed them. I mean, you, you get a short week before you go to L.A., and then the longest road trip of the season is a week later, so you basically just have to hang out on the West Coast all week. And, uh, and then you come back for a showdown with Dallas, who gets to play Washington this week and then Miami. So that's a rental win. So they're probably going to be 3-0 and when they come to town. Um, it, is, it is a tough early part of the schedule, but you get a win on Sunday, man. Everything sets up pretty nicely. So, you know, to Sean Payton's point, we get it, like people keep bringing up last year's game, but it's also a big game because it's two playoff teams, right? I just look at it the way the Saints' schedule's set up. It's huge because if you lose this one, winning at Seattle is going to be a, a, a hell of a thing to try to do. And who knows what happens with Dallas. I mean, I'd still like the Saints in that one because they're at home, but the Cowboys are going to be feeling ultra-confident because they're going to beat up on a bunch of just lousy teams until they play the Saints. So this one, this one Sunday's huge, but uh, – but give me the same thing, a tight one, man. And, and if I have to, you know, uh, you know, get heart problems like I did on Monday night, uh, if it means the Saints get a W, I'll freaking take it, dude. Well, well, this the Miami's literally they're they're literally liquidating the roster. They're gonna sit. They're they're Minka. Uh... Fitzpatrick, who I just want to say Minka Kelly, uh, so I hope the Saints can trade for him so I could just say Minka Kelly for the next three years. But Minka Fitzpatrick, he requested a trade, and the Dolphins were like, okay, if you can figure out a trade partner, that's cool. And he's a really good player on a rookie deal that's still got three years left. So Miami is literally liquidating everything. So they are going to suck, and they're over under for the year, I would say, is one and a half wins, Scott. Like, I'm not even kidding with them. Um, but get, before we get out of here, Give me your prediction for the Saints 2019 season and how are the fans in Lafayette feeling about the Saints in general for 2019? I think a, a good bit of them feel like they're a, they're a Super Bowl team. They're a Super Bowl caliber team. Um, I haven't heard or talked to too many fans that feel like they're, they're going to take a major step back this year. My prediction before the season started, I kind of waffled between 10 and 6 and 11 and 5, and I, and I guess I buckled the pressure. Enough people convinced me to take 11 and 5, and looking at how the NFC South has started, that might not be a bad thing. Trash um, pile. Ron Rivera yeah, is it, not going to make it to Thanksgiving. Oh, my God. Carolina's bad. Um, but, but on top of that, I, yeah, I, I predicted 11 and 5, but I think it's going to be a grind, man. I think they're going to be – a lot of a lot of similar finishes to the one you had Monday night. I'm not talking about a 58-yard field goal, mind you, but just one that goes down to the wire where you're looking at that defense, you're looking at Dennis Allen, and you're like, bro, what what are you going to do here? Are you going to go cover zero again? Are you going to kill us? Like, what are you thinking? And, you know, the Saints, I, I, I don't think – that's going to be Lutz's only game winner this regular season. I think they got. I think he's got another one in him. Yeah. And uh, there are going to be some very – nerve-wracking games, and I don't think the Saints are going to be the one seed. Dallas, I mean, people are dogging them. Their schedule is just set up so nicely for them. 
it, I, I think the Saints won't be the one seed, but I do think they can get to the Super Bowl year, uh, this year, Ralph. I think, uh, and, and the biggest thing to me, you could say this every year, but I think this year more than more than most, if they if they have yeah. a rash injuries on the O line, they're 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 totally screwed. I mean, if you lose one guy, you can maybe plug someone for a little while, but if they end up losing multiple guys there, that's every totally, team though. They're, they're totally screwed. No, but yeah. but you're right. But not every team is a Super Bowl contender, right? That's I mean, true. If this was in 2 we'd be like, or O2 might be a bad example. They got off to a good start, but if this was the Saints. You know, in 08, it, I don't think, or 07, we wouldn't be like, well, if they, we'd be like, oh, well, if, if they lose an O-lineman or two, they're not going to be in the playoffs. But this year, it's like they, they do have that window. They can get to the Super Bowl. But if they're, if they're holding that O-line together, to me, that was, I talked about it on Tuesday. I'm like, dude, no one on the O-line left with an injury, like in the season opener. That's Beautiful. huge right there. And so, therefore, I feel pretty good about this Sunday. And I just think, looking at look, it's one game, but Eric McCoy is such an upgrade over Unger. And that's not to knock Unger. Unger was so freaking good at center that he made the Jimmy Graham trade, which was a disaster, look okay. Like, people could talk themselves into, oh, the Jimmy Graham was, Jimmy, Jimmy Graham trade was okay because Max Unger was awesome at center, which you trading a tight end, an, an elite Hall of Fame caliber tight end for a center is like, eh, it's not that great. But he was so good, like, we, we, it ended up not being bad, right? But end stage Max Unger was not good in the playoffs. He was just shot, and that's why he retired. And McCoy, he's not as good as Max Unger at his peak, but even if he's just slightly above average, Scott, he's so much better than what Unger was in December in the playoffs. And it's just, it's a huge, it's going it's gonna to be a huge difference. Can, can, can he have like a, uh, granted, not how it ended for this guy, but how it started, can he have a LaCharles Bentley-like impact? Like, can he become a Pro Bowl caliber center? Because he looked really good in that opener. And the Saints said, now, of course, they, they probably would say it no matter what. They might be lying. But, you know, they made it pretty clear. They had a first-round grade on that guy, and they got him in the second round. Um, but, but he, dude, talk about a great start to his season. No one's going to give a center rookie of the year or anything like that. But uh, but when it comes to the Saints awarding, a he'll be rookie, all rookie. If he if he plays if he plays yeah. all sixteen games and doesn't get injured, he'll be all rookie just by the by the sheer point of being on a winning team. Yeah, to your point, yes, yes, uh, that's going to help, and that's how usually those things work out. But uh, but no, he's a stud, man, and um, you know he he had a much better debut than some of the other Saints rookies. I think, I think, you know, uh, Gardner Johnson and, uh, and, and Deontay Harris need to go buy Will Lutz dinner this week and thank him. <laughs> Would be talking about their mistakes if he hadn't nailed that kick. Not to say no one's talking, but you know how it is, Ralph. You, you, you talk about the mistakes after a win, but they don't, they don't put you in a bad mood, right? You talk about the mistakes after a loss and it just, it ruins everything. No, you're (laughs) – I want to say to people, I want to say as we wrap this podcast up, I have done this entire podcast with my son on my lap. You you may or may not have heard me correcting him on saying that if he was very well behaved, I will take him to Bounce Town, which he was, Scott, considering that we've been at this 25 minutes and he's still on my lap. I would say – that's pretty good behavior from a three-year-old or almost four-year-old. And I would say for me to have this podcast and it not be a complete disaster with audio and a screaming child, I would say this is top top ten of my greatest po- podcast accomplishments ever. <laughs> you, you just pulled like the the, the, the 
Martin flu game. We talked about Pierre Thomas earlier. That was like his game at Buffalo, where he like had gashed his knee and had food poisoning, but still ran for like a buck twenty-five and two scores in two quarters. You just pulled that off, dude. So <laughs> if they whiskey at Bounce Town, you need to treat yourself while he jumps around. All right, before we get out of here, tell the people how they can find you on Twitter. Even though the links in the in in the description of the podcast, tell them how they can find you on Twitter and find your show for streaming purposes, like I do, if they aren't in the Lafayette area. Uh, you can download the ESPN 1420 app. Make sure it's the ESPN 1420 in Lafayette and not the one in Honolulu. Um, and you can listen live that way. Uh, of course, you can stream right from our website, but most people aren't listening from like a desktop or a laptop, but you can do that as well, ESPN1420.com. The handle is at Scott underscore 1420. The majority of the shows go up online after, whether it be SoundCloud, whether it be the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. So uh, you can subscribe there and, uh, and you know, you might see a description of an interview I do and like, you know what, I'm not into that. You might see another one and want to listen. So there's there's all kind of different ways you can hear it. And, uh, and sometime next week, we'll, uh, we'll put up the whole Pierre Thomas interview unedited. So uh, if you want to hear him, you know, in, in all his rawness. It's uh, it's going to be up online next week, and I think I think Saints fans that remember Pierre, I think you know, I think your audience in particular, like the kind of folks that listen to the Saints Happy Hour podcast, it's definitely content that they're going to really like. Yeah. So, guy, thanks for joining us, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. We get you ready for a, a football week two uh, with a bonus podcast. But this one's free. But you should subscribe and pay seven dollars a month to get it every freaking day so scott for joining us on short notice i appreciate it everybody join us for the friday night live gambling show it's a awesome awesome drunken uh experience where you can make bad decisions with money so for scott uh have a great weekend we'll see you again monday look around you can find cars like these on auto trader like that car riding your tail or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.